Hey, DT fam, we have another podcast for you to check out from the Pleasure Podcast Network, Cocktails Dirty Discussions, hosted by the hilarious Medina and Kiki. I absolutely love this show. It is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So check out this clip from their show and let us know what you think. What's up, you guys? We are Cocktails or Discussions. I'm Kiki Said So. And I am Medina Monroe. And if you love talking about dating in today's world, all the things in between, check out our show. Yeah, take a listen to one of our favorite episodes. Mm. Everybody <laughs> fluid for real. Everybody just going with the flow, goddamn. Yes, Some you. women can't call themselves fluid if you try not to eat pussy. No you talking about, well, I don't eat pussy. But you scared of a little fluid. Don't be a little scared of fluid now <laughs> if you fluid. Yeah. That fluid tastes good. If you have been dating someone for six years, and you find out that your boyfriend of six years is your brother. Like, full, both same parents. It'd be weird if they do stop. They had family reunions and you looking at it like, damn, I know my sister got good pussy. <laughs> I'm gonna stay. Check out new episodes of Cocktails Dirty Discussions every Thursday on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. I'm so excited for your April 7th is what we've decided on. Okay. If I'm not in a visa, then I'm going to go. <laughs> if I'm not in a visa, I love the way you started. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find my European lover, right? <laughs> oh my God. I'm here for it. If it's a Spanish woman, mm. I want someone French because I'm French. I'm French, French citizen. Yeah. I'm fluent mostly. Anyway, okay. We're going to talk at lunch. Okay. Are you good? Okay, hi, welcome back, double teamed fam. How are we doing today? Uh, we brought Nadej back. Say hi, Nadej. How hi, everybody. <gasps> um, guys, I actually don't know what we're talking about today because Nikki and Nadej planned this, so <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all take it from here. Mazel. Uh, well, I thought you know before we get started on the topic that I wanted to dive into. Before that, you just released a book. I did. Do you want to tell us more about it? Absolutely. So I wrote a book about sextrology. Um, It's all about astrology and sex. So I go over your secret erogenous zones, lust compatibility, sign by sign. But what's really fun about my book, which no one has ever done before, is I go over your erotic subconscious. Mm -hmm. So every single zodiac sign has their own sexual subconscious and a lot of people have really liked theirs, so I, I hope you enjoy it if you feel called to buy it. Um, it's on Amazon, and it's a number one bestseller. <gasps> we just hit the number one bestseller list on, like, three different ranking categories, so... That's exciting. I Yeah, I, it's still, like, washing over me, to be honest, mm-hmm. and, like, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you could see that the book has this, like, stripe across that says not for sale, because literally, like, we're still so new in the launch of the book that all I have is the proof that I ordered, like, two months ago um but when you get yours it's not gonna have a not for sale sticker it's gonna well it's gonna tell you a lot of fun things so wait do you base it on your what do you base on on? your sun sign sun sign so for anyone who's new to astrology that is just the easiest placement in your birth chart to find which is why i utilized that Mm -hmm. but in the introduction of the book i go over if you are someone who goes to an astrologer i break down exactly what to ask for Things like your black moon Lilith, which showcases in your birth chart, your repressed sexuality and inner sexuality, what you feel shame about, what your taboos are, what your kinks are, um, as well as other placements in a birth chart that would be important if you want to know about your sextrology specifically. And of course, I also do those natal chart readings. So you could go to pleasurescience.com to look at the book or look at a reading. I Um, So Nadej did a reading for me once. And I know I've said it before on the pod, but it was 
phenomenal. <laughs> I loved it. And anytime people are like, I want to know more about astrology and like they want to know more about like their own chart and like how it applies to like their sexuality and stuff, like I send them right your way. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. I love it. I could talk. I just booked a bachelorette party where I did like nine charts back to back. Oh and I was staying God. at my dad's house at the time because this was over the holidays. Yeah. So I'm in like our living room, like doing these readings and my dad, the, and this is going on for like three hours. And so I finally finish and I come out of the, like the living room that I took over. Mm-hmm. And then my dad is like, you could literally talk about sex and astrology forever. I'm like, I can. I love um, that. And shout That's out actually, to my dad who's so sex positive and lets me do sexology readings in my living room. Right. Or his living room. Yeah, his living room. That's <laughs> phenomenal. My, my father is yeah. not like that. Um, yeah, I don't know if mom and dad would be chill with us being like, and actually, you know, this Mars conjunct placement means you're really going to love anal. They're going to fuck out of this house. <laughs> I really love that, that a bachelorette booked you. Oh, my God. Because that is so, so fun. fun. I remember yeah. when we went to a bachelorette party in Mexico last year. Um, granted my understanding of astrology is like intermediate, but I ended up like, you're every- really good though. Sometimes <laughs> oh. he'll text me and I'm like, damn, she like <laughs> is, knows more about what's going on right now than I do. Like, uh, thanks Nikki. <laughs> I do. I, I try to stay up to date. I really love studying it, but I just, I ended up doing like everyone's charts and yeah. it was so funny because half of them were all Venus and Aquarius. Whoa. I know. So, and I, so I found it funny that my friend attracted a lot of people of Venus and Aquarius. I'm like, all of y'all are on the, you know, friends to lovers. Oh my God. <laughs> <train."> Absolutely. <laughs> But anyways, well, um, guys, if you want to check out her book, it is on Amazon. We'll throw the link in the bio, in the description, all of that. But yeah, get you a copy. I did see uh, there was a girl that went to our live show and she posted that she got a oh yeah yeah uh, copy jury jury yeah. yeah oh yeah oh we love, love jury. her yeah oh my god jury got a copy like on launch day oh, like ah! just the best she's yeah. awesome um anyways her. yeah i saw that and i was like yes yeah. and she i think she's aries aries yeah, yeah. aries and her partner's a scorpio <gasps> oh yeah. i did jury's sextrology chart a mars oh. ruled couple right i'm i'm here spicy for it. yeah spicy mm-hmm. i love that Okay, well, not to like completely do a 180. No, I guess, I mean, well, it's not the fully 180, but like to get more serious with the topic. <laughs> we, I was telling Nadej about the episode that is the body by where I was just questioning, you know, based on like my own personal reflection. I was like, you know, I feel like my romantic pattern is very like heterosexual, but my like sexual and physical like attractions are bisexual. Um, and sometimes I really do wonder if it hadn't been for my daddy issues, if I wouldn't have gone for men. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> I really do wonder that. I mean, uh, I think our issues absolutely affect our sexuality oh, yeah, and our yeah. desire. Yeah. But yeah, I guess kind of the question was, or I told Nadej about how, you know, I was just you know, questioning the separation of like our romantic attractions versus our physical attractions or sexual attractions and such. And she had a lot of great like research yeah and loved the thought of the discussion so I thought okay let's dive into it because you know when I initially spoke about it I was just kind of like throwing out the questions out there and I love people's responses I had people that messaged me and they're like oh my god this is me there was a guy he was like I'm romantically attracted to women but like sexually I love men and I'm like love that Mm -hmm. because I feel like more it's men are like super that than common. They, yeah. Like I see it quite often. Oh yeah. So um yeah, it's something that's incredibly common. I also think like right off the bat, we got told 
an incorrect story about how humans evolved. Like we often think we evolved from apes, but we actually evolved from the bonobo chimp. And it's really important to understand the distinction with how these mammals mate, because we were kind of conditioned to believe over the last 2000 years with the rise of Islam and Judaism and Christianity that, and also like the needs of what we needed to survive. Like we needed a nuclear family to survive often Uh, Mm -hmm. like a lot of the time over the last 2000 years, but also like these very dominant religions that influence the dominant culture that we live in, Mm -hmm. like they have a certain narrative. And at a certain point, I don't remember what year this was, but I I think it was maybe two centuries ago, um, thinking about like education curriculums and how to teach, you know, humans about where we came from. There was a group of people who kind of decided that, we were going to teach humans that we evolved from apes, even though we did not, because Mm. apes have a more monogamous mating style. Mm. And that was the preferred narrative in the dominant cultures. But we actually um, evolved from the bonobo chimp. And get this, they are very, very sex positive. So these chimps, like they really like sex, just like a lot of animals. But if a woman chimp or a chimp with a uterus, I should say, um, let's just say this chimp had sex with, Uh, a chimp with a penis got pregnant, but didn't have sex with any other chimps with a penis. The other chimps in that community would kill the child when it was born because of just um, like, it was like a survival instinct. Like I want my spawn to be the one to survive. (gasps) So what the chimp would do who has the uterus is she would fuck or they would fuck every single other chimp, every chimp with a penis in the community because then none of the chimps would know whose child it was. And then there was no longer a threat. Wow. Sex was literally just, you know, a great equalizer. Like, I'm fucking all of you hoes. <laughs> I'm going to have as many kids as I want. And none of you are killing my kids, you know. And and that's it. And so that was how those animals would mate. And they would also mate for pleasure. Um, and we are evolved from those mammals. So I would argue as a sex scholar that our instincts with sex and having sex and desire outside of romantic desires or needs, because those are different. But when it comes to your pure sexuality, I think we're all just down for whatever. Mm. And we're way more down for whatever than we might think. And that, you know, there's taboos and things we hide from ourselves or others, like being a man who might enjoy fucking men, but wants a romantic long-term attachment to a woman. Like there's no right or wrong way to be as long as you're being open and kind to everybody. But yeah, I think we're a lot more fluid and a lot more sexually like polyamorous, I guess for lack of a better word, even though that relates more to relationships. But still, I think we're a lot more open than we have been conditioned to think. That's fascinating. Isn't it? <laughs> Reminds me of, I read the book Sex at Dawn. Did you ever read it? No. Ooh. It's a good one. And it Text talks it about the me. bonobo. It also yeah. talks about like some of the other, like all the animals um, or mammals that are like non-monogamous and how like most of them are non-monogamous, yeah. but only a select few are monogamous. Yeah. But do you think then, is that like why perhaps like the body might respond to things sexually yeah. Like when our when like in our minds we're like oh we're not supposed to respond sexually to that like a man that's conditioned to think that like he's supposed to be with a woman but then his body's like reacts is turned on by him you know a man or whatever yeah then is that why there's kind of like that disconnect I feel like I'm sure and you know what's also interesting like there's a lot of um, lesbians who find gay male porn attractive and like that's really hot like you and your romantic 
preferences are not always going to indicate sexually what turns you on, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, think of also all of the, like, there are so many turn-ons in BDSM that are fun to explore in the safety of a scene that you negotiate with someone, like maybe being a a baby and having a daddy. Mm -hmm. But then in real life, romantically, you may not want to date someone who's 30 years older than you because you'd be a caregiver, Mm -hmm. you know, way sooner than maybe you'd like to. Yeah. Um, And Mm. so... Like when we think about our desires, like, I mean, and it's actually another really interesting thing about your brain. There's this thing that our brain does. It's called misattribution. And this explains why horror films can really turn us on. Even if like you're someone like me and like, I can't watch, I like love, hate them because I will be up for weeks. But then like when I'm watching it, I'm like so titillated, but (laughs) I like get really turned on when I get scared. I'm just like, oh my God, they're all going to die. Someone hold me. I'm scared. Um, But anyway, um, misattribution is really interesting so when you are aroused and aroused even though we connect it to sex can mean many things it can mean you're anxious it can mean you're scared your body's way of being aroused is going to have the same physical response regardless of if you're sexually aroused or let's just say you're scared for example or anxious where your heart rate's going to increase your focus is going to get laser focused you're going to start sweating you know so there are these things that your body does and then your brain start trying to make sense of what your body is doing looks for a reason why you're feeling aroused. So like, are you camping and a bear just walked into your camp? Oh, you're aroused because you're frightened. Um, Oh, are you like going on a roller coaster with your crush and you've never been on a roller coaster before, but you also like hate roller coasters, but you really like your crush? Well, now you're aroused and scared and your brain doesn't know what to do. And then fast forward to like a scary movie, your brain could misattribute and think, oh, you're turned on when really maybe you're predominantly scared or maybe you're both. But it's really interesting. So your brain also like our brains are constantly trying to look for reasons why things are happening on the body, you know, on the body. Also uh, in general. Right. Yeah. Like if you think of a guy who doesn't text you back, like your brain is like, why did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so your brain is like this subconscious computer that is always trying to make meaning. Yeah. Right. But when it comes to the feeling of arousal in your body, like your brain could literally feel you getting aroused. And if you're not in actual danger, like a bear walked into your camp, for example, you're on a roller coaster, like mm-hmm. with your crush, but you hate roller coasters, your brain could be really like, well, you feel aroused, but you also feel scared. Maybe these are the same emotion. Um, and you know, that could explain why you might get really addicted to that feeling and become someone like me who love, hates scary movies. But then again, yeah. Thinking of just like how, uh, like that physical experience of arousal and attraction can be very separate from the romantic needs, desires, or thoughts that you have, or what you think you want romantically. Does that apply to anger? Cause sometimes when I get it upset, I start feeling like aroused and I'm like, no. Oh, 100% it does. (laughs) Thank you for saying that because I forgot that one. Yeah. Yeah, Anger, anger. anxiety, fear, and sexual arousal. And that was was actually one of the reasons why sometimes I loved um, arguing with my ex husband. You're not alone. Was because I was like, I would get so turned on. And then I'd be like, let's fuck yeah. <laughs> like angry sex oh my god but There's, like yeah. but it, but i i get mad at like a variety of like people or things or whatever and then i'd start feeling aroused and i'm like i'm not attracted to this person yeah. like why uh, anyways from a so, spiritual perspective i wonder if a reason why we get angry but can also get aroused is because we need a release mm. and you know 
I'm doing a lot of research right now, which is, we could save this for another day about like sacred sexuality and like how sexuality has manifested throughout different religions and different practices, different indigenous cultures, and just how sacred we've always thought it was as like human beings and central mm -hmm. to like our existence and our nourishment and things like that. So maybe like a reason why humans can get turned on when they're anchors. I'm like that too. Um, uh, also what's interesting and I discovered, I'm not alone in this, but I discovered it through personal experience. Um, when I'm studying, I get aroused and I don't think it's cause I study sex. Cause this would happen like in math and I hate math. Um, <laughs> but I would notice this, like if I was studying in school, like even starting from high school, when I started to like notice that I was like a sexual being, I would study and get like frustrated cause I wasn't understanding things. And then I'd get aroused, I think, cause I was frustrated. And that's another, you know, arousing emotion. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Cammy, you're making all the faces and I want to hear your thoughts because I feel like Nikki and I have gone on our on our big tangent but what are what do you think well no I'm just I, I guess I'm trying to process because when Nikki and I originally spoke of this I was trying to figure out like okay you know romantically I like men yeah like physically my body also love men but you know there is that curiosity aspect of I still get turned on by women but yeah, I, there's, there's, there's just a lot to unpack there. But I also yeah. think, like, for example, when you bring up anger, mm. I remember one time my my ex-fiancé and I were having a fight and we we're, like, yelling at each other. And in the middle of the fight, while we were yelling, like, our bodies were, like, gravitating towards each other. Mm. And, like, we started having sex while we were arguing. And then halfway through, we were like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, and it was just, like, such a confusing moment. But, yeah, yeah. sometimes and – and I guess I was just trying to think, like, how my body like processes like for example when i am scared when i am angry like am i getting turned on am i getting aroused how often has that happened i feel like it used to happen more in the past mm -hmm. and then lately like i don't know lately it's not that i haven't had a sex drive um but it's like decreased a ton mm -hmm. so now i'm just sitting here thinking i'm like wait why am i not like <laughs> getting more aroused <laughs> So many reasons. I mean, yeah. you know, like I also think it's very, very normal for sexual, like your sex drive to do that, mm -hmm, um, yeah. especially if you've come, you're coming out of what I like to call a summer where it's like sexually you were just like, yes, I feel aroused. Everyone looks so beautiful. I feel open. I feel like abundant. I'm, maybe you're having tons of sex or you just feel really sexual. Like we have summers, but what comes after a summer? A winter. winter it's yeah. like the normal cycle of things. So I think a sp like we can get really hard on ourselves with sex drive, and I can see it happen specifically if we've just experienced a summer. Again, a summer metaphorically, not like it was July, which you could have a summer during a summer, but you <laughs> can also not. Um, but yeah, you know, so. I definitely had that where like, yeah, I was, and actually I was talking about this to one of my friends with benefits last night. It was like, a year of like going absolute mm. ham with my sex <laughs> drive. And then this past year has kind of like decreased some. And now like, it's been like, it went like it hit probably it's like all time low. Mm. And now I find myself kind of like coming out of it a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's just seasons, seasons yeah. of my sexuality, but it happens. I mean, like I do, <laughs> like, for example, I do look forward to now that, you know, the holidays are over, sex parties are starting back up again. Yeah. I do look forward to going to sex parties and like playing with women again. Mm. Cause I haven't done that in, 
It's October. We need to go. If anyone is yes. in Los Angeles, I just want to plug BDS Femme. Also, I can't wait to the check Deviant them out. Party. Um, look up Mistress Justine Cross and LA Dungeon oh, yep. East for queer um, kinky events. If you are interested in, you know, exploring your queerness through BDSM. But yeah, I agree. Boobs are just the best. <laughs> like, uh. I have a question. And so a lot what, of the oh. times, and here's one oh, thing. I, a lot of the times, and not that I actually have never admitted this before, but when I'm having sex, mm. I have to. If I think of boobs, I'll come quicker. Same. <laughs> I love it. Same. I sometimes literally have to think about like going down on a woman to come while I'm having sex with a man. Yeah. And that's when I really started to question. I'm like, I don't understand this. And I think that's when I started like questioning my like my body's sexuality versus like my romantic sexuality does that make sense absolutely because yeah. i also think when it comes to your romantic preferences and needs there is a different set of needs being met romantically oh, a yeah. lot of the time right like sexually and we also if you study neuroscience and pleasure in the brain you get a lot of nourishment physically and emotionally from sex so having casual sex is super healthy um, very good for your brain. Um, but also when it comes to your romantic needs, I think that those are often going to be quite different. Not for all people. You know, some people I think through romance get their sexual needs met. I think there's also a lot of people who need to feel affection and feel cherished and, you know, and exclusivity can also turn people on. So I think there can be the overlap of sex. I know we're, we're not, <laughs> we're know. not maybe like, those uh, people. I, yeah, I find it interesting that we had the same reaction. Cause yeah, yeah. immediately well, I was like, no. Cause as soon as yeah. you said that I was thinking, for example, I get a lot of my, from relationships and from romance, I get a lot of like the safety that I need. Yeah. But like, I don't pair my sexual preferences with that yeah and like so you're completely right in that sense yeah. like i f i feel like for me it's becoming more apparent that they're just completely separate like i don't, I, I don't but i feel like that. everyone when 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 people ask for your sexuality especially heterosexual people yeah. monogamous heterosexual people no y'all are great but like <laughs> when people ask y'all you base it immediately off of your like romantic interests yeah. So you're like, okay, well, I want like when really like you have no idea what your body actually is attracted to physically. Totally. So and I'm yeah. not saying that, you know, like your people are wrong for not exploring what their body likes. But I think like the people are probably going to find themselves in a lot of very confusing situations when they're like watching a movie. Mm -hmm. And like say you're a woman, heterosexual, married to a man, you're watching a movie, suddenly a girl's naked in front of you and you're like, oh, <laughs> or like, or vice versa for a man, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, but I'm heterosexual and I like being with men and I don't want to date women. Okay, you don't want to date women, that's fine, but you probably want to fuck them, which yeah. is totally fine as yeah. well. As long as you do it safely, consensually, and kindly. Yeah. It's so weird because like, for example, when I'm watching porn, I can only watch lesbian porn. So yeah, I, I can't... I'm similar. It's really hot. Like I, I don't connect to yeah. penis porn. But for yeah. example, yeah. for example, when I'm watching TV, Mm. So not porn, but TV. When I'm mm. watching TV, when I see a heterosexual couple having sex, that turns me on. Because yeah. it's a story, the romance that they're building yeah. up. It's not. Which <laughs> is where romance does bleed into our sexual preferences. Because I do think that there is a certain level of like amorous behavior and respect that makes casual sex feel really good mm -hmm. you know like for me to enjoy casual sex I do want to feel wanted I do want to feel respected mm -hmm. like if I'm well, just yeah, barely yeah fine yeah yeah and so like if there isn't and like there's also a little bit like 
it totally turns me on if someone like takes me to a nice dinner, you know, like there, and that's a little, that's, that goes over into courting and romance, but like, I don't know. I really like that. Even if it's casual, like I think that you can also experience a lot of really fun flirtation and foreplay in terms of the energetic buildup to sex that doesn't even start like foreplay starts the moment you stop having sex, frankly, because you're always turning someone else on. And, you know, I think that we don't do ourselves a lot of favors when we think of foreplay only as like the stuff you do before sex or before penetration, because it's so many things. And so when I realized for myself that foreplay, like the way I flirt is foreplay, like I love doing like mental talks with people and Mm -hmm. connecting that way. So all that is foreplay for me. Um, and I forgot my thought, but, um, oh, just how romance, it does matter and it can matter in your sexual drive and and interests as well. You know, I think like, for example, for me, a way that a dude turns me on a, if they can make me laugh, Mm -hmm. if the conversation's really great and they can make me laugh. Um, and then B, I love like little nice gestures. Yeah. Um, and like forehead kisses, those things will kind of it will turn me on. When it comes to like women, I just need to see boobs. That's it. <laughs> That's, it. That's all I do. Yeah. But so I agree though. Like there, and it's just the more I like really kind of like stop and think about like all the things that arouse my body. Like I'm not saying it's confusing, but I realize just like the scope of like the way in which things like do arouse me. Yeah. For example, like I remember I um, went on a date with a chef. And I thought he was, like, handsome, but, like, I didn't look at him and, like, want to jump his bones yeah. by any means. Yeah. Um, but, like, I went over to his house. This was our first date. I went over to his house, and he, like, cooked a meal in front of me, like, literally Ooh. just, like, grabbing random shit from the from the, from the the fridge and was like, um, yeah, let's throw this on here. And, like, all these things. And mm. I watched him the whole time as we, like, talked or whatever. One of the best meals I've ever had in my mm. life. Um, he was, I believe, Israeli. I can't remember. Mm. But he made like a sashimi thing, and then he made like this like other pineapple. That's talent. Fish (laughs) thing. Yeah. Anyways, and at the end of that, I was so aroused, and I was like, I have like zero physical. (laughs) I shouldn't say zero, but I have like a very low physical attraction to you. But I'm very turned on by watching you do what you do. Yeah. And so like, so like, there's that aspect. Like when people make me feel like safe and you know, respected all those things. Like I get aroused from that when people make me laugh and have like really deep conversation and like feel very vulnerable in their mind. Like that turns me on. Like there, there's just such a variety of things, but like, I don't know. I'm not that I want to like categorize it all, but like it's very different across the genders as well. Cause it's true when, with women, if I'm just seeing a naked woman, I'm like, Let's go. <laughs> Aroused. <laughs> Wet. That's going to be like, but with men, it takes so much more. Yeah. For and that's sure. like what I found really interesting. I'm like, I don't understand why like with men, it has to like go through like all these hoops. And then, you know, I watched a TikTok where the girl was like, Are you, have you just internalized the male gaze? And I'm like, have I? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think I have because I mean. Well, what do you mean by that? Like internalized the male gaze? You know, because the male gaze gets pushed on us from such like a young age where it's like, you know, all you see are women with like thin bodies, big boobs, nice curves, like pretty mm, so all you, that. You mean that you getting turned on spontaneously by a naked woman is just the male gaze? Po- possibly. Maybe. But I don't know because I feel like the more I've explored that, the more I'm like, I don't think that's it because I... I don't know. I don't think that's it. 
But I, but she brought up a good point there. I was like, yeah. that's a solid point because if it's if that's something that's like pushed on us since we were since we're young, because that's what we see in the media and everything, you know, like, and that's what you see in movies most of the time is like very attractive women and they're like usually in skimpy outfits and stuff. Like mm-hmm. even when they are cartoons or like PG thirteen or like PG totally. movies, like they're still like the you know they're mm-hmm. not in turtlenecks and baggy pants. She go looks banging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so it made me wonder that too. Like, is it just like a, a product of that? But I think once I actually started having sex with women, then I realized like it wasn't that. Yeah. Because it was such a bodily response. Totally. I also think that like having different standards with men and women is also just like a reflection of you being smart about your surroundings and recognizing that like if you don't, you know, like vet a guy a little bit, it probably doesn't also lead to a good situation. Like, mm. oh yeah, I you can know, see that. and like a certain level of safety does need to be established. And so I think when we just think on a very simple level, like at least I know for me, if I'm a woman thinking of another woman, I instantly feel a little bit more camaraderie and safety. But if mm-hmm. there's a guy who's cute, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, are I'm you super weird? excited <laughs> to get to know you? But like, yeah, are you weird? Or are you a misogynist? Um, or are you like an awesome dude, which I find most dudes are awesome dudes. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like just try like I definitely for me personally have a little bit more that I need to suss out. Yeah, I get that. Um, but with women, like way, like way less. Yeah, but yeah. but still there because women can be shitty. Um, that's all true. People, too. All genders can be shitty. All shen- yeah. Yeah. No, you're right though, and I do think maybe that's kind of like a, a what would that be called? Um, instinct kind of thing. Where, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, you see male as a threat, and then female as like a maybe less of a threat or whatever. But in the end, honestly, that you know, the gender isn't going to necessarily dictate that. There are statistics, but we don't have to go down that path. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I didn't mean weird in a bad way. Like I obviously consider myself to be, you know, have my own weird things. I meant more so in the sense of like, you know, behaviors that are not like yeah, maybe not super understanding cool. boundaries. Yeah, or thi- I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I thought too. And I, because I'm, I'm super weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I own that I'm weird. However, like I meant weird in the sense of like not picking up social cues and or how are you know like what are what are their what what's what's going on in here? What are their yeah, thoughts? Do they yeah. act on their intrusive thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's but really can we talk a little bit more about like romantic patterns? Yeah, because I would be curious to hear more about that. For sure, there's some really interesting research on falling in love where humans fall in love. So first there's something called liminence that happens when you're attracted to someone and possibly falling in love. And this is what we can call the honeymoon stage, Mm -hmm. but it's, it basically refers to that time where you have the rose colored glasses Mm -hmm. with a person or a new lover. And this can last anywhere between six months to four years. And studies find that the way to stretch out that honeymoon phase is to take things slow. So maybe not moving in right away, not getting married right away. No judgment if that was your path though, because I think that every person should do what feels right for them in their journey. Yeah. But um, if you want to stretch out that honeymoon phase, not taking, you know, taking things slowly can really stretch it out. But then once you're past that honeymoon phase, what really solidifies love for humans tends to be the patterns that are established. So patterns that you grew up with could determine the people you're initially attracted to as an adolescent and young adult. So for example, if you were taught, you know, that neglect is normal or abandonment is normal, then that could be why you like are attracted to people who may not be the best partner and you can totally heal those things. But over time you can recognize that what becomes 
familiar is maybe someone texting you back when they say or showing up when they say they're going to show up or like you can develop different patterns and establish those as the norms for reasons to fall in love. But yeah, I mean, our patterns make a huge difference. So if you're dating someone and they activate the patterns that you've associated with love, you're going to fall in love with them um, or have a higher chance of falling in love with them, um, even if you don't know them that well. And that's how we can fall in love with people who are maybe toxic. But then on the flip side, that's also how you can become really conscious of your patterns and recognize like, oh, okay, so a pattern that I lust after is people who are emotionally unavailable. And you can become conscious of that, start dating consciously, and then start recognizing that patterns that also make you love someone, like maybe look to your friendships. Um, oftentimes when our romantic life is a hot mess, our friendships are really strong, which shows you that you do have romantic patterns or love patterns that can be more positive and more healthy. And so just looking at those patterns, for example, someone who cooks for you could have activated like a pattern in your brain and you were like, well, that's really hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It actually makes me think of um, my two current um, friends with benefits, <laughs> sexual partners, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I never know this day and age. Uh, people I sleep with. Anyways, loverships. The loverships. Um, they're both, they're, they both have blonde sisters and the majority mm. of the women they go for are blonde sisters and mothers. Ooh. Majority of the women they go for are blonde. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I don't think either of them realize it, but I'm like, this is why. Like your sisters are blonde. That's what you grew up with. Of course, yeah. like that's what you feel like, like that, that those it's are familiar. patterns you recognize. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm over here with my dark ass hair and I'm like, how do I fit into this? They're like, well, you still have a great ass, like the hair color I can look past. <laughs> I'm like, you okay. do both of you have great asses. Thank you. <laughs> no, but but then it makes me think about like, you know, for example, my both of my fathers are well, my biological father was never really there, but like my stepfather, who I consider to be more of a dad growing up, he was always gone because of work and he mm. was in aviation. And um like we, you know, he was always on these like crazy schedules, whatever. It's not that we didn't see much of him, but like that, that we just always understood that like, you know, he was a provider of the family, whatever. Anyways. And then who do I go marry? A pilot that's gone two weeks of every month. Absentee yeah. men. Absentee <laughs> men. And then my, you know, one of my current partners right now, he, he travels for work all the time. Yeah. One of the men that I sleep with, whatever. And then um, the other one. It's very sporadic. So then I'm like, I, I realized that like one of the patterns I tend to go for is people that aren't consistently there. Mm. And if someone is consistently there, then I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. do this. Totally. I and, and maybe I should have known this, you know, whenever my before my ex-husband and I split. But I remember one time he was also, like, Nicole, stop hitting that stand. Oh, sorry. Anyways, I just remember one time he was like, I want to be home more. And I'm like. I think the amount that your home is perfect <laughs> right now. <laughs> so then I was like, I was, maybe then I should have known that like, you know, we saw things a little bit differently. But anyways, so I I think it's important for everyone to like discover what those patterns are totally. and be self-aware of it. Totally. And, realize, and honor yeah. them. Because yeah. what I liked about, at least from what I heard from your story, was that like you recognize this pattern in yourself, but it's like nothing you're trying to change. Because mm -hmm. I think that, you know, liking a certain amount of time away from your primary partner or significant other doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And we've really created 
such a um, system with regards to what is a valid relationship and what isn't. And like these markers of like what means a relationship is working and what means it's not working. Mm -hmm. And I know several married couples who like both of them work. Um, They have homes in several countries. So they're not always together. Like there will be one of my friends, her husband spends three months out of the year in his home country and she stays here like they they spend time apart and they love it yeah when she looks forward and it's not like three months it's like over the course of a year he'll be gone two weeks here a month there da, da, da. usually about three to four months throughout the year when you mm-hmm. add it all together but she always looks forward to like having her time alone just in the house and it's not even like to party necessarily because he doesn't you know she can live her life but it's more so she's like I get to clean I get to walk around the house with like just looking like a slob I get to you know like it's mm-hmm. it's all of these the self intimacy and self partnership mm-hmm. and that you get to experience I think you when masturbate you have without little... someone walking in absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean when I was engaged he was gone like literally half if not more of the mm. year so he, you also go for he'd be gone for three months come home for like a month or two be yeah. gone for three months come home for a month or two and then just be that cycle yeah yeah but I mean like my current My current partner doesn't travel a lot. I don't know. Hey, DT fam, you know how important STD testing is and how often we discuss it on our show, which is why I'm super stoked to be working with stdcheck.com. So whether you are with a new partner or you just want to stay on top of your sexual health, maybe you have multiple partners or maybe you went to a sex party and forgot to use a condom, whatever it is, it is super important for you to be maintaining your sexual health and that obviously includes STD testing. So stdcheck.com is the leader in reliable and affordable lab-based std testing i've done this many times so i'm definitely a big fan of this basically you order your test online and then go right to one of their certified labs get your testing done no doctor visit is required and then you do get your results emailed to you in about two days What I love about stdcheck.com obviously is it offers confidential and convenient STD testing. This is how I typically do my testing, especially when I want to do a full, full panel. So with multiple online payment options, it's super easy to set up and also you just have that peace of mind. If you're looking for a super convenient way to go get tested, head on to stdcheck.com. And right now, stdcheck.com is offering our listeners $10 off your order. So go to doubleteamedfam.com. Of course, we'll have that linked in the episode description. Click on stdcheck and use code DTF to get $10 off your next STI test. That's doubleteamedfam.com. Click on stdcheck and use code DTF to go get tested and this is just a great way to support our show while you're taking care of your sexual health so thank you guys go get tested i mean you know i think that you can recognize what you want to do with your patterns when you recognize them right like for nikki it sounds like having the distance isn't a bad thing it's it's great for her For you, it sounds like you met someone and you maybe don't need that pattern anymore. Or maybe that pattern just isn't meant to manifest in that relationship. You know, different folks, different strokes, different relationships, different patterns. 
Um, and I think the whole point of understanding this research is not to try to label yourself or understand yourself to the point where you're like, here's my like guidebook to understanding me for a new <laughs> lover. I think actually what the message is, is just to be open because you're always going to be changing or discovering new things about yourself and that everything you discover doesn't need to be fixed and to really question the status quo because we have some really um, discouraging messages about sex and relationships and some very strict, you know, lessons about sex and relationships. And why? We're, we literally evolved from these fucking chimps who had sex with everybody. Mm -hmm. And then the community raised the babies. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah. Oh, my dream. Yeah, right? But, I mean, I guess my question would be then, like, is that why I don't necessarily find romantic or a lot of romantic feelings for women because I don't necessarily have any patterns with women? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you don't have any patterns yet or any patterns that were, because like you said, we grow up in a world with the male gaze. Certain bodies are sexualized and they're sexualized in very specific ways. Mm -hmm. So I also, like, knowing you, you're attracted to people with some sort of like, masculinity and dominance to them mm -hmm. so maybe the male gaze and the way women have been sexualized has been in a way that isn't as sexy to you but if you were to stumble upon a woman and she has that masculinity that you can because it happens all you know that you can find like in a cisgendered guy you find this in this like hot lesbian like it could activate all of those patterns but the only pattern that's shifted is the gender with which you're experiencing the patterns through that's so i point. think that like we're just we just see so many messages of a specific way um that maybe sometimes we don't also need to explore like maybe you like you could explore, like you could go to a new restaurant, but if you know that you like this restaurant and it gets all your needs met, I think it's also okay to like not explore if you don't want, you know, like yeah, I all see of that. it is. But, um, and maybe it is more yeah. of like a masculine anything rather than like a gender. Not that, because I'm also, I consider myself to be like uh, masculine energy and oh, like for sure. how I like in 100%. my motivation and my drive, yeah. like all those things. I think I'm very masculine too. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I'm very like dominant in those ways. Yeah. And so yeah. I always, <laughs> I know you are masculine. You have your, you're like a gentle top. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Like a gentle. But I wouldn't fuck with Cammy. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. She definitely has her, yeah, her sides. So. Yeah. It does take a while to get there, but yeah, if you, if you mess with me the wrong way, I might get But I always look for people that are like more masculine than me so that yeah. I can like actually like take a break. Yeah. <laughs> and for like sure. relax and like receive. That's um, how I feel in my like romantic or sexual life too. Like I love, I feel like I'm very masculine. I'm very feminine, but in my sexual or romantic relationships, I like, I'm not activated by feeling my masculinity. I am activated by other things. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and romantically, and yeah. yeah, same. Yeah. I'm like, I'm activated when I feel like I can actually like receive more yeah. and like not be like necessarily in charge. Yeah. So then maybe, maybe I just haven't really like a found any women that like have activated that within yeah. me. But yeah, I guess a lot of the women that I've like, you know, had sex with and stuff tend to be more kind of like the feminine. So mm -hmm. then I'm still kind of in that masculine kind of state, mm -hmm. so to speak. So, yeah, I don't know. It's all just like very fascinating to me. It really is. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, the more that I like sit there and like just try to like peace and like observe and like maybe not. St well, yeah, study like my body and then but also like my brain and like 
how they're aroused in different ways. Like it's just, it's very fascinating to me. And I've seen a lot of that by like just dating a lot of people yeah, and like opening myself to like people that I wouldn't normally like. For sure. Yeah. I've been, I've gone on a lot of dates with people that I'm like, this isn't my typical like, yeah. you know, pattern or whatever, but I'm going to try it out and see how it goes. And like some of the times like I end up enjoying it and absolutely loving it. And I'm like, this yeah. is phenomenal. And other times I'm like, okay, this isn't for me. Totally. Yeah. So it's like, and yeah. actually on that vein, I want to say something that I think is really important that like your fantasies sometimes, whether it's like a person you have been fantasizing about or like an, a sex act or whatever, sometimes it's not better in real life and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And you can still enjoy the fantasy or come back to the fantasy and recognize that like in real life, Maybe it was not the right moment or maybe just in real life, it isn't as big of a turn on. Mm -hmm. Like there are some things that can turn me on so much when I'm masturbating that I tried to like make real in real life that instantly just made my whole body shut down. Like one of them was choking on a penis during like, uh, what is it called? Giving head. Pfft, wow. <laughs> um, I study sex, everybody. <laughs> I'm so good at my job. Hasn't anyway, been a while since you've been um, in a man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I remember like when I would see things growing up or see like porn, like I would see these images of like women choking on a cock and it did look pretty hot. And then um, I would like when I would masturbate, like sometimes even thinking about that would like it's sort of funny, kind of the inverse of you where like in my real life, I was definitely way more romantically interested in women. But then when I masturbated, like those things would turn me on. Mm -hmm. And I remember like dating this guy and being like, you could be really rough with me during oral because I thought in my head like, well, super hot. And it was like painful and then I realized like oh if I have a cock in my mouth I can't communicate and say like ow <laughs> like you know or whatever <laughs> yeah and like and then I was also younger so I was not fully confident enough to kind of just like give him signals like even putting my hand up and being like you know hey and so I definitely didn't feel like my friend slash lover did anything wrong but um but it was certainly like a moment where I was like but I'm so turned on by that. Like, and so I tried it several more times with him. And then I was like, okay, it doesn't work with him. Then like later when I was dating someone new, tried it with that person who was even more rough. And I was just like, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's like the way I was giving permission or if I'm just, if I just don't like it. I mean, at this point I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, not, I haven't had a, like physically in the real world to haven't loved it as much, but I remember like going back to it in masturbation and realizing, but like when I masturbate, if I literally think of that, I will come mm -hmm. like it really turns me on and just recognizing like, OK, you know what? I am just going to give myself a break and recognize that I don't really like it in real life so far. Don't think I'm open to trying it again. But damn, if I don't love you know, choking on a dick in my brain. I don't know. Like, I like let's do it. I'm trying to think. I'm like, do I have any fantasies like that that I need to like test out? See, but I ended up liking mine. I always had to like think about yeah. a woman in order to come, and then I tried it out, and I'm yeah. like, I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> and like at every sex party, like I and actually I was talking about one of my uh, I was talking to one of my friends with benefits last night. Yeah. And um. And he thought I was, like, having a lot more sex at sex parties than I do. But, like, he was, like, I thought, and, like, all these guys that did it. I'm, like, no. Half the time I'm either watching or trying to find a woman to go down on. And I'm not <laughs> always, like, the most, like, <laughs> I don't know why I get shy with women sometimes. But it's, like, at sex parties, that's, like, 
that's what I love to do is, oh, totally. is at find sex parties. Yeah. I love to just voyeur and watch. And I so, watch more than anything. Oh, yeah. Me, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, that's uh, mostly what I do. Well, I was going to say, I don't know why people think like, oh, you go to a sex party. So are you just like fucking everyone? It's like, oh my God, totally. Half yeah. the time, no, I'm just staring at people yeah. <laughs> while they I'd do say, it. Like, Not in a creepy way. No, I mean, that's why you go because it's okay. You can do that there. Like, yeah. it's like, Real life porn. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I but that's totally that's why I go. I'm trying to think if I had any fantasies that once I tried them out, I was like, eh, not for me. Yeah. I really also None just come like to mind. sex parties just so I can hit and be hit. Yeah. And I also like sex parties because I like meeting people who go to sex parties because they're open minded and they're cool. Yeah. yeah, they're open minded about sex and you know, considering what we all do for a living. Like, I think it's it can be refreshing to, like, be around other sex-positive people because we definitely don't live in a world like that. And sometimes I'm, like, so damn tired. And it sounds, like, so funny, but someone will be like, oh, I'm going to a sex party. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even want to fuck. I'm probably going to show up in sweats. But, like, but my makeup will be cute. <laughs> but, like, I want to just be in the energy of sex-positive people so I don't feel so discouraged by, like, yeah. the, the everyday battles I'm trying to fight, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so there are so many valid reasons to go to a sex party that don't involve having sex oh absolutely now thinking what fantasies have i do i have often mm. that i haven't tried out to see whether i like it or not mm. they're and actually that, also but that also has me thinking i don't know if i've been fantasizing a lot recently mm. you said you haven't been masturbating much so probably not i did masturbate the other day yeah. oh for the exciting first time, okay for the first time how'd that go what'd you masturbate with like a, a toy? Vibrator, yeah. Okay. Um, I, mean, I was gonna say I can't use my hand anymore. It does nothing. It yeah. Went fine. I can't. Can I happen. can't do. I can't use my hand anymore. I'm uh, just lazy. Was, I am too. <laughs> Honestly, why saying, sit there when you can just? Amen. <laughs> the worst thing was I. I sat there and I was like, and actually, you know what? You know what got me turned turned on? I was looking for lingerie. <laughs> And I saw boobs, and I was like, okay, now I'm turned on. That <laughs> happens to and me then, all the time. Yeah. But then I was like, and a lot of the times the, the reason I stop ma- I don't start masturbating is because afterwards I don't want to have to, like, get up, put my vibrator away, pee, mm. wash my hands. Clean it, yeah. You know, when I'm already, like, cozy in bed. But this time I was like, you know what? No, I haven't done it in a while, and I probably need to. So I tried it out. Went great. The cats kind of tried to bother me at one point. Just shush them away. Cats? Well, it's like they know. I oh. know. Well, I had my phone yeah. out and like Marie wanted to come see what I was looking at. And I was Marie like, no, and Marie. Marie and Tiesto are the worst. I was telling that in another pod episode where like they'll literally the two of them come right here and just like. Oh, my Sit gosh. there and watch. And I'm like, uh, excuse me. But then. Yeah. But then that just had me thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Have I just not been fantasizing a lot recently? But that also could just be the fact that I just haven't been as horny or aroused as i usually am so maybe that's why the two guys that i'm uh, the two guys that i'm sleeping with right now they know of each other um but they don't know each other and i fantasize i was like fantasizing about having sex with one of them it was like a meditation masturbation have you ever tried Mm, that i love those yeah get into like a meditative state and then start masturbating yeah Mm -hmm. dope Anyways, so I did that and like I was having sex with one of them and then the other one came up and then we all had like we all had a threesome and I was like ever since that that's like been my number one fantasy. Mm. I'm like I need to make this happen. You should send them both this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, hey, I need you to listen at the uh, 47 minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. I mean, like I said, this is this has been a topic that I find really interesting and like I loved that whenever we posted it. 
in the original episode like a lot of people were also like oh my goodness and like I just always want to encourage people to like really allow yourself to like explore like your fantasies what your body like reacts to is aroused to like all those things especially men yeah I really think that like majority of men are probably like romantically attracted to women yeah but like tend to be either like homo physically or sexually homosexual or bisexual yeah I don't know I think a lot more men are fluid. Well, I think all people, if you, if we were to take away everything that we learn about how to be a person who's valuable in society, which means like you get a job and you get married and you da 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 and you do all of these things that you're quote unquote supposed to do. If we took all of that away, I think all people would realize that they're fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, we are conditioned to view things a certain way. And I think like men have it pretty tough right now with having to like quote unquote be a man negotiate with what that means but then also be a feminist hopefully they want to be feminist um because other people are treated pretty poorly Mm -hmm. um you know and just these these kind of contradicting ideas right now with men and masculinity but um Mm -hmm. i would agree there yeah yeah Yeah. and so then it's like how can you like sex with a man and then like try while trying to balance all your like masculinity that the totally that the world is so like confused about which i think like but i think that's why men are sexually frustrated i think so like you should explore your bisexual fantasies or fluid fantasies if you have them Uh, one of the top seven fantasies that people also have is wearing clothing that doesn't belong to their gender um, and exploring that fluidity and like cross dressing, whatever that mm-hmm. might mean for you. So oh, and women have it so easy because we, we can do. We can cross. Yeah, we and can it's really. Fine. And it's it's fine. a lot more accepted. Yeah. And if a guy wears a skirt, suddenly everyone's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, are you trans? Are you non-binary? Are yeah. you confused? Are What's you gay? Going on? Yeah. Are you and gay? Like, and like, I mean, it's a skirt. Yeah, like, I remember. I'll never forget one time my mother was visiting, and uh, we were driving down uh, Sunset, mm. and there was a guy on the crosswalk looked very manly, yeah, masculine, whatever you want to call it, yeah. and uh, he was wearing like tennis shoes and this like just very simple dress. Mm. And I remember my mom was like, why is he wearing a dress? He doesn't look gay. And I'm like, it's probably just comfortable, mom. That yeah. dress looks comfy as fuck. And she yeah. was like, I hadn't thought of that. And I'm like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes, like, clothes can just be about, like, comfort. Dresses aren't really comfy. It oh, was hot. so comfortable. It was hot outside. Like, yeah. yeah. So It's too bad it's just not socially acceptable for us to be topless, though. Absolutely. It's it's really annoying. <laughs> I know it's sexual. In New York, in New York it is. Yeah. It's well, and it's funny. I remember there was like I don't think this is legal anymore, but in San Francisco when I was going to Berkeley at the time, I would go to the Castro and there was something called Naked Corner where legally you could be naked on this one corner of Castro Street and there were like nudists who like hung out there like every day. Like Love they it. they were there. And um, I remember like thinking that was so great and then realizing like, ah, but I still don't feel com- like I still don't feel like I would experience a, a experience that I'm looking for if I'm just like naked in the middle of Castro Boulevard because breasts and and like certain bodies are so sexualized mm-hmm. that like yeah, and also that. like the fact that people really feel in our current historical moment that you could take a photo of anyone or anything that mm-hmm. that's like you're right, you know, mm-hmm. and so like. It, it makes it difficult to enjoy your own nudity. That is true. Yeah. The phone thing does turn it off for me. 
yeah, like those are those are certainly, you know, the things that that I personally think about. But it's interesting because when I talk to my friends who are nudists, one of the biggest misconceptions about that community is that it's like a super sexualized one mm. and that like nudists or being in the nude with groups of people is like really not that sexual. I mean, think of going to a spa with women of all different ages. Like there are spas just down the street from here mm -hmm. that like I go to and I see women who are like in their 60s with their like grandchildren like at the, you know, spa. And it's so nice to be able to see women's bodies that are so different and get that normal, like different in the sense of like just different age groups mm -hmm. um, and different sizes and everything. Like we don't get that kind of experience, I think across the board, like men, trans, non-binary, none of us really get that experience of seeing older bodies in a way that's very neutral and normalized. But when I you go that, to like yeah. nudist communities, that's more of the vibe as opposed to we're all gonna fuck. Yeah. And like, there are families who are part of nudist communities. Like it's certainly a child safe space if you're in a space that's mindful of like this is a family environment. But yeah. Reminds it's like me when we went to Wee Spa. Yeah. Oh, that was literally, that's what yeah. I was thinking in my yeah. head of just imagining these older women with their grandkids like at Wee Spa. But I also, well, we I went, love. Well, our, I was going to say we went to Wee Spa one time mm -hmm. and this mom brought her little girl who was probably like, probably around somewhere between like five and seven. Mm-hmm. It's just completely normal. Yeah, I loved it. yeah. Everyone I was, was like, naked, yeah. or like all the women in the in the women area were naked. <coughs> also, Camilla, is your mic raise it a little bit? It's so low. Oh, but you can hear me just fine. Are you sure? Like just fine. Okay. Anyways, yeah. it, it doesn't sound echoey. No. Okay. Move it up if you want me to. Thank you. But I remember it's gonna bother me. I remember whenever uh, my ex and I went to Ibiza and all the nude beaches. Oh yeah. It was like I remember seeing this like kid and a mom and. There were like, you know, families and their dynamics. And I was like, I wonder like if that would change or if that would kind of like affect, you know, a probably kids have a much healthier relationship with the body and the naked yeah. body rather than here. Like, you know, there's so much shame around like nakedness. Yeah. But also it made me like that as I, as you were mentioning that it made me think like, does that kind of like affect their sexuality as they grow up? Just because mm -hmm. like then they have like a different perception of the body rather yeah. than like, I don't know. Cause here in America, like I said, you know, everything oh, that I grew up with was like so like sexualized that I like, if that was taken away, would I have like seen ma like men and women's bodies differently? And then would, that, would yeah. that have like established different patterns in my sexuality? I don't know. I mean, it could have, but I also think like we don't do ourselves any favors by thinking or assuming the grass will be greener mm -hmm, on the other true. side. Because um, I mean, like my family's from France and like, sexual patterns and norms are a little bit different over there than they are here and dating patterns and norms are much different over in France like in France well it you you don't really go on a date like it's the way that you do in America like in America it's very um systemized where it's like okay so now we're going on a date and then if I like you I'm going to give you a kiss and there's all of these markers for courtship mm -hmm. and then in France it's like two people can hang out and then they hang out again and then they hang out again and then maybe they fuck and then maybe they fuck some more and then maybe they stop talking and then maybe, you know, there isn't really as strict of a courtship style. Mm. And so people sort of fall into relationships a little bit differently and a little bit um, with a little less emphasis, I think, on what's happening and what's happening when and is something happening by a certain time. I remember my dad one time. I was dating this girl and she like did all the things right and like the... Um, 
the very like the, the way you date nowadays. Like she asked me out and then we went on a date and then she paid for it. And then they, like all the little things. And then I remember telling my dad about it and he was like, that's weird. Cause my dad's <laughs> from France. He's, he's English second language and um, you know, yeah. French American, but born and raised in France his whole life. And so when I was telling him and I was like, telling him almost to brag, like, look, I caught a good one. And my dad was like, this is all weird. Like, so I guess she likes you. It's fine. Like, is that, that's the point? Like you like each other? I'm like, well, yeah, cause we did all of these things. And, um, yeah. It's interesting. Cause what you mentioned there about like, maybe how the French approach it, that sounds more like establishing patterns. It does. Rather than yeah. like checking the boxes of courtship. Totally. So totally. It reminds me of Emily in Paris. Yeah. Oh my God. I, A, I love, love that, show. that show. The cast. I'd fuck the entire cast. Yeah. Amen. Oh, Oh. Um, um, no, at the also, same time yeah. <laughs> Sophie or what's her Sylvie Sylvie is just like <gasps> Sylvie's amazing I am literally just like I want to be her when I and like yeah. I, I will say this and to go back on the wee spot tangent too I was uh, I thought of this too like every time I see older women really owning their bodies I'm like there is no need to fear aging yeah no and I look no, at Sylvie absolutely. and I'm like there is no you can be as fabulous as she is 100%. yeah um, well, I had another point about patterns, but now I forgot. Well, it also just reminded me like in, how in Emily in Paris, like Sylvie is the mistress to that one guy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, some time and like everyone's cool with it. Yeah. Know? Everyone knows. Like, oh. And they, okay, yeah. The, yeah. 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 I, I did go on um, or I did talk to a couple French guys. I dated one mm -hmm. um, about a year or two ago. And uh, I was like, wow, like it's just the culture is very yeah, different. It for is. Sure. It is. But I was going to say about the patterns thing, it reminds me that like every time people ask like how to make friends with benefits relationships work mm. long term, I'm like, don't establish patterns. Mm. Like keep it very like sporadic, like mm. don't no good morning text. No. Yeah. And so like I, and that was one of the mm -hmm. things I was explaining to one of my friends with benefits recently is because we were like, we we're like, well, we don't know where we want this to go, but we like each other, you know, a lot. And so, and I told him, I'm like, that's fine, but like, I'm not going to look to establish patterns. And he was like, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to like create patterns that suddenly means like I rely on those things. And that's like, you know, kind of what I expect out of this relationship. I was like, so, you know, like if we text each other, we text each other. If we don't, we don't like mm -hmm. all, if we decide to hang out, we'll hang out. If we don't, we don't. But like, I don't want to keep it like I, I, yeah, that's kind of how I usually mm -hmm. tend to differentiate um, the people that I date cat or see sleep with casually versus like the people that I'm more committed to. Yeah. If I'm committed to someone, then I'll, I'll look to the patterns. That's totally fine. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Anyways, any final thoughts? I don't think I have any. Mm. This is a fascinating explore. conversation. Explore. Yeah, explore people. Yeah, even if you if you open the door and don't, you know, go through it, at least you open it and saw it was inside. Wait, I want to yeah. ask Joseph. Um, you can't see him on camera or hear him, but he is our, um, what well, he's at the studio here. Anyways, what have you discovered what you're like physically attracted to versus what you're like romantically attracted to you to? Uh. Okay, so yeah. physically and romantically straight. Okay, heterosexual. Heterosexual. That's really, there's like no experience where I was like, hmm. Even when I had been around women my whole life, and I was raised in a military family. So, mm. so you haven't had any sexual, like, or physical re reactions. I don't know what's the way to put it towards like men ever. Interesting. Okay. And that's fine. That's that totally fine. And I'm not saying that that's like, you know, yeah. that you, I don't that's think there's not anything. Yeah. yeah. And I also don't think like it makes someone like 
less empowered as a sexual person if they're like straight or exactly. like their sexual no, or romantic preferences like align with the status quo. Yeah. You know, like because life is short, live it the way it makes you feel happy. Like sex is, is nourishing. And I think our only job is to not like shame ourselves and to be kind to others. And that's maybe it. I need to do a better see that's and and I'm self-aware in this so mm. I will I will gladly point it out but sometimes I always tend to think that straight people like fully straight yeah fully straight they just haven't explored enough <laughs> but mm. it's true like there are actually like fully heterosexual people and yeah. like I I recognize that I validate it I'm not saying like it's an invalid thing and I and I probably need to stop <laughs> questioning every time someone's like, oh, I'm fully straight. And I'm immediately like, are you? It's so but funny because I thought valid. the it's same valid. thing yeah. for, a, for a while. Because just because I have an experience that isn't straight. So then, yeah. of course, I project my own experience. But I remember at one That's point, one is. of my yeah. friends telling me like, well, do you believe that like lesbians exist? I'm like, of course I do. And then she was like, well, then why can't straight people exist? Because they're both monosexual, which basically means you are attracted to one gender yeah. sexually. Or gay men. Yeah. Um, or gay men or, you know, whatever. Exactly. And she was like, if you believe that lesbians and gay men exist, then why wouldn't the other side of the spectrum exist? And I was like, because they hurt me. <laughs> and then that's a whole other. Maybe, yeah, maybe it is like my, but I, but I, I guess like on, I, I guess like my overall thing would be is like, just explore it and like see so then you find out okay i'm actually really fully straight yeah or i'm actually fully monosexual like yeah. gay lesbian whatever or you're like oh i thought i was hetero but it actually turns out maybe i'm a little bi you know or you know if they're if their romantic and sexual interests are kind of a little bit varied and not as you know what's the word i'm looking for congruent as they thought they were mm. so yeah i don't know maybe i i question myself a lot i'm like constantly questioning myself anything that goes on i'm like what how let me study this <laughs> so it's like but so i don't know if everyone else does that and so like i don't know maybe. have you ever thought some things you don't have to question you can just let them be um i don't know i'll have to think See, that. I, feel like that's, I feel like that's where you that's where you and i differ because i feel mm. like you're always like oh what's this and why let me you know let me find the reason i'm over here like oh that's it okay yeah. interesting that's very taurus of you and it's very aquarius of me yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know yeah. or scorpio maybe regardless um i will try to make a more active effort to let some things be yeah i'll do that okay anyways Nadej, do you want to plug yourself? Oh, yeah. Well, if anybody is um, interested in learning more about me, my name is Nadej. I'm a sex scholar. My website is pleasurescience.com. Uh, you could find me on TikTok and Instagram at Pleasure Science. Um, I do one-to-one -one work and client work with people. I have a 60-day sex breakthrough program, which is dope. So please check that out. And of course, check out the Sextrology book. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, everything's on my website. So I will see you over there, curious listeners. I need to read it. I was flipping through earlier and I was like, oh, I want to stop and read this section, but we had a recording to get to. So, <laughs> um, And you can find us, Kimmy and Nikki, at Kimmy and Nikki and at Double Team Podcast. Now that we have our Instagram back. I can't remember if I mentioned in another episode, but a girl I met at a sex party helped me get our account back. Oh, so my they're, God. They're phenomenal networking events. They are phenomenal. They, really, yeah, they are, really are. They really are. I mainly guys. use them for networking. Yeah. Same. That's what yeah. I realized. Same. And maybe I shouldn't give away that secret, but anyways. Um, also, TikTok at Double Team Podcast. <clears throat> all relevant links, doubleteampodcast.com. Yeah. 
don't, don't forget, forget live show oh. will be in April so in the Bay Area. More details coming soon. So just prepare for that. And then yeah, I think we're gonna. I think Nikki's gonna man the Cami and Nikki account, and I'm gonna man the, the Double Team podcast. The Double Team podcast account. I so. love that. So we're about to get weird on Cami and Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep it. It's gonna be like really abstract photos keep of like community Cam- guidelines. Cami sleeping. <laughs> Okay, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Wear condoms. condoms. Bye. Bye.